0: Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a monthly podcast where we discuss the evolving world of community engagement. Each month, we will discuss trends, best practices, and information to assist in running better community engagement programs. So Speak Up Fayetteville is the city of Fayetteville, Arkansas's community engagement platform sponsored by Bang the Table. Um, We have here with us Linda DeBerry, to talk about the site and the organization and community experience related to that. So, Linda, Speak Up Fayetteville is live and active. Great job to you and your team. Oh, thank you. We're very excited about it. Awesome. I'm hoping we can break down the steps for how you got to go and what you have planned as you guys move forward. Great.
1: Uh, well, so the city had been, first of all, I need to say a little bit about Fayetteville itself. Fayetteville is a very, very engaged city to begin with. Fayettevillians are historically passionate about their city, um, about exactly the direction they want it to be and the character they want it to have as a fairly progressive city. And so uh, the city of Fayetteville has a long history of polling its citizens make sure that they have a voice in everything that's been done. So this has been going on for a while. And for some time, they'd been using SurveyMonkey to run their public engagement surveys when needed. And access to those surveys had been either through direct email or a direct link through social media, but the links themselves tend to be buried on the city's website. Um, and our communication director, Susan Norton, had seen previously a variety of the public engagement platforms used by other communities. And so when the city began to look for um, public engagement on a, a multiple major projects coming up, because we're moving up toward a bond issue that could potentially fund a lot of different things, she felt like it was time to move to a more centralized and accessible system at that time. And it wasn't until we began to prepare for the bond issue, which will come up for early in 2019, we realized We needed a wider selection of tools, um, and it became clear that each of these major bond initiatives, which there are five, uh, would require its own variety of public engagement, different types of tools. And these initiatives range from uh, infrastructure projects like the multimodal transportation plan to plans for trails, parks, we have a major stormwater management plan, we're creating a cultural arts corridor, we have public safety issues as part of this bond issue. So we needed one platform that could provide tools that were flexible enough to handle all of those diverse public engagement needs. They looked at several different options and ended up with Bang the Table.
0: That's great. My question is, where did this idea come from? It sounds like there was some shared experience in the community and in the organization that led to it. Uh, yeah, it really came out
1: of the fact that they were already using, a, you know, a very simplified, stripped-down tool to gather public engagement, um, and it and uh, they found out that they needed something that would be have more more options in one place, um, and where they could have several different projects collecting information at the same time.
0: That's great. Was it originally an engagement platform you imagined then, or was it after you saw the platform that you began to imagine what that could be? It was really after they had seen, uh,
1: Susan Norton had seen some platforms in action. And so she began to think in terms of an engagement platform after she sort of realized that they were a thing, that they were out there. She'd seen them in action, seen that they could work. Originally, really, she was thinking of, of, something uh much more like the wiki maps or or something of that nature looking at different types of of assorted tools rather than coming into one one centralized tool so uh yeah it sort of it it became a thing after she realized that 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 was even possible that that was an option for us
0: i really like that sentiment of sometimes you set out to discover something and then as you learn more about a particular field or opportunity you kind of keep um Narrowing, or maybe even broadening, that the opportunity. That's great. Yeah, it's really more about what broadening did, for us. I mean, we were finding out that
1: we were thinking of one thing and realized that something like bringing the table really opened up a whole host of opportunities for us.
0: That's great. What do you? What did you do, or what do you think was at work internally that was key in your process and your decision making? Uh, really, we brought in everybody we could think of.
1: Um, all the department heads were brought into the discussion, um, regardless of whether or not they actually had something on their plate right then that they would that they needed to gather information for, because almost all of our deport- departments at one point or another aren't going to need to engage the public. They're going to need to get that feedback. Specifically, though, with those who had upcoming projects that would fold into the bond, and so that was transportation engineering water and sewer, planning and development, parks and rec, and the communications department and the mayor's office. It was really an an all-hands-on-deck sort of effort.
0: You know, Linda, that really shows in the cross-organizational approach that you have even in just these early projects, that it really is across the board that people are engaging. Definitely,
1: Um, and that also feeds into something that we're discovering now that we're working with Uh, bang the table is is that um it's it works for us cross departmentally um as an engagement gathering information gathering tool because our citizens may come in to speak at Fayetteville because they're passionate about one particular thing and then they see oh there are all these other projects that we're also gathering information about and so they're going jumping from one survey maybe to a map tool or a brainstorming tools, so they're really engaging across the city, even though they may have only come in for one thing, so that kind of, that cross-departmental thing kind of works both ways.
0: That's fantastic. You know, one of the things that strikes me about your team, um, both initially and in an ongoing fashion, is a why not approach. You know, I saw when you were willing to go live with a couple projects, and you would build, and you would grow as you learned, and everyone was kind of game for that. Um, A lot of times I see organizations get bogged down at the start line. What did you learn through that process that you could recommend to others? Well, we had a
1: feeling that Fayetteville, which is, as I mentioned, historically very engaged with their civic government, that they would embrace the opportunity and the technology. So uh, we also have a very young population. We're a college town. Uh, A lot of our population is under the age of 40. So we've got that going going for us. Um, but our hunch was validated with our first two projects. We learned that this convenient one stop shop for participation in everything was really welcomed, particularly by people who had uh, worked with the city before, had really been engaged with other projects in the past. We got comments like, Thank God, these are all in one place. <laughs> you know, you yeah. used to have to really click through several layers of the city's website to get to where each survey was buried. So the convenience of having everything in one place seems to have been uh, a real selling point to people, but we were also motivated by need. I mean, the the deadline for these projects is coming up, and we were all kind of at the starting point together. We had just dived into uh, using this new tool, just dived into starting it. We had several department heads that were also just diving into it, but time marches on, and we had to to get these things out there, and so we said, we'll we'll just put them out. We'll just do it. You know, we're not going to we're not gonna drag our feet until everything is perfect. We've got a couple of projects that really need to go out now. So we launched them at the same time as we launched the major efforts uh, to promote and gather information for these projects. And it worked out very well for us.
0: Linda, I just wanna reflect what I continuously hear you refer back to is that community needs and community opportunity and participant interface was really your guiding light as an organization. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, I, I really hear that.
1: Uh, we have, we know that our our community expects to be uh, to be included in the process. It is definitely a very powerful part of who Fayetteville is. Like I said at the beginning, Fayetteville uh, residents tend to be very passionate about their city, um, and they will let us know if we have taken the wrong step. They are very very, very committed to this community. And so we knew we needed to engage them on these big projects moving forward. Uh, Fayetteville is growing. We are one of the largest growing metro areas in the country, the fastest growing. And so that means big changes on the horizon for us, whether we like it or not. And we knew that it was important to Fayetteville to be part of, to, to drive that change, not just to be receiving that change. So yes, being part of that community and getting the community involved in those decisions is absolutely first and
0: foremost. It just sounds like a great description of community and government partnership. So um, congratulations (laughs) to both. Yeah, (laughs) fantastic. You know, even with best possible intent, I know there are always bumps along the way. It seems like the organization's ability to navigate those bumps can be the key to success. In your case, there were some staffing changes um, with navigation of the site. Rather than postpone and wait, you all just went for it. Can you speak to that?
1: Yes, as a matter
0: of fact, I came on board only in July. Um,
1: so I've only been here with the city for um, a, a few months. And uh, yes, that I've been the person who's been kind of primarily setting up uh, sort of the nuts and bolts of us using it. Uh, The uh, using Speak Up Fayetteville, I'm working on the back end, um, helping people learn how to use it in the different departments. But the fact was that it really didn't matter. Um, Anybody who was using that that system was gonna be using it for the first time at that juncture. And so the fact that I was new to it um, was not that different from the fact that all of our departments were new to it. And so I knew that I, it, it's really a very simple program to learn. It's not rocket science. Uh, just a little bit of time with you, Amanda, learning the nuts and bolts of it. I felt like, yeah, we can do this. We, it's, it's really quite user-friendly. And um, I was able to figure it out pretty quickly and even to then help people in different um, different departments who were using it, who are not working on the back end of web-based programs a lot was even able to help them and get people in their office up and running so it ended up not uh, not being a problem at all to have a staff change in the middle of this we were all kind of beginners but fortunately for us it's a a fairly simple system to use and we were able to get up and running quite quickly.
0: That is music to our ears we love to hear (laughs) that you know it really is kind of plug and play right off the shelf um, and also that that the support is helpful especially in that go mode. So fantastic.
1: I've got to tell you that the support offered is tremendous. Um, And I'm not the only one that says this anytime we have had any question or just something we wanted to do that we couldn't tell exactly how to do it. um, Your support team there is right on the spot. They are so helpful and so quick that it has, we have never felt Uh, frustrated when we got to the point where there was something that wasn't working the way we wanted it to or we didn't understand why it was doing something or that there was something maybe we wanted to do we weren't sure how to make that work Uh, the support team is absolutely great and they were right on there helping us out every step of the way
0: thank you it's great to hear that we'll pass along as well And um, just just good feedback to hear it. Certainly our goal to reduce frustration, both with the organization and with the community. So sounds like we're totally on track. Thank you for that. Transportation projects have been our biggest use case in the United States so far. I have not seen a video. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I have not seen a video. Yeah. I have not seen a video like you created on the 71B corridor plan hosted by any other client can you speak to to the whole process where you got the idea who filmed it you know what's going on with that video it's a lot of fun it is fun it's a it can
1: make you a little busy <laughs> if you have any kind <laughs> of or motion sickness i wouldn't recommend watching it but the story about the 71b corridor is that it is a um it is a very long central roadway that stretches several miles through the middle of the city and it was once considered a major thoroughfare but the character of that road has kind of changed since the completion of I 49, which kind of takes people around the outskirts of town if they need to get from one end of Fayetteville to the other. And so there's long been a sentiment in the community that it really needed to be revitalized as a major artery. And as we were working on developing a way to kind of rally the troops around this idea of the 71B corridor, we needed to kind of remind people. Why, how far that corridor extends, that it really is one long shot that encompasses the entire central part of the city. And so um, our, our video guy, <laughs> Doug, said, well, why don't we just drive the corridor and remind them of what it looks like and um, how it's being used right now? And so we said, well, that's kind of a long drive. And he said, no, 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 don't worry. We'll speed it up. We'll just speed it up. We'll just take him on a two-minute, I think it's just under two minutes, a two-minute drive of the entire thing. And he basically set the camera up over his shoulder in his car and drove it and then um, took it in and managed to the miracle of modern video technology to speed it up into just a two-minute cruise through the heart of the city.
0: Well, you must tell Doug that I have to tell the truth. I did get a little dizzy going around the curves with him, but um, <laughs> it was absolutely an awesome um, example of rich media and use. And that's really what I love. Oh, wonderful. I'll be sure to pass that along. You know, I also see that Stormwater um, has an active project and that can be, you know, that can be one of the most important conversations in the online space and also one of the hardest to have. I see they're using a Places tool. Has there been any learning there with that tool? Well, I have learned quite a bit, in fact.
1: Um, What we wanted to do was ask people to give us some feedback uh, where the stormwater issues are throughout the community. Uh, Back in April of 2017, we had a major flooding event here. And we found out a lot of areas of the city where the stormwater management was really not up to the need of the growing population. And we wanted to find out uh, where those specific spots were. But the thing was that when that had happened in 2017, our GIS team had built a map online on our website where citizens could come in and, and uh, point to areas where flooding was occurring. And also, the, the water crews were tracking on that map where the call-ins had been. So we had this existing map. In GIS on our website of where the major difficulty areas had been during that event. But we know that not everybody who had some flooding called in to, uh, to report it. And so we wanted to encourage folks who had not done that to let us know where the additional points of concern were. And so we were able to take the GIS layer from the map that already existed. And overlay that onto the map that I set up in uh, Speak Up Fayetteville so that rather than having two maps that we had to compare and contrast, we were able to create one map that allows our citizens to come in and look and see where the flooding had occurred then and add to that single map. So we're not having to compare two, we're not having to try to find a way to integrate them. We were just able to overlay our existing GIS data and people can simply add to that, and it has really been a great tool.
0: Fantastic. I love the idea of being able to debrief an emergency um, occurrence in the community and then helping you guys prepare so that you're better able to handle the next event. Um, Hopefully there's not a next event, but we all know there could be, so um, sounds like a fantastic application. Yeah, we've really been pleased with it. Great. You know, on a a lighter note, I would say, and that's one of the benefits of doing parks and recreation projects sometimes is being able to to connect at a lighter level. Um, Not always. I know sometimes they can be heated discussions as well. But um, in your case, the Parks Department has a project up and is using the IDEAS tool. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about that one?
1: Yeah, we've been uh, working on a project called the Cultural Arts Corridor. And uh, we have a central region and entertainment district of the city where things like the Walton Arts Center and Theater Squared are, there's a couple of these music and performance venues. It's a place where a lot of clubs and restaurants are located. And we're trying to draw all of that together by creating, uh, sort of branding the district and making ways for it to, get e- to be easier for people to access that and to continue to draw more people into that downtown region. So we wanted to ask our community what they'd like to see there. And so we created a brainstorming tool, an ideas tool that allows folks to uh, just tell us what they're interested in, what they'd like to see there. And it's been interesting um, to see what kind of things we've come up with. Um, We've gotten everything from suggestions for a dog park to creating a swimming hole in, say, Jones Park, um, all (laughs) kinds of things. Um, But what's interesting is that Ideas do rise to the top that way. Um, We're seeing repeated requests, for example, to uncover the natural stream that runs underground through the existing parking lot. And uh, we're seeing lots of ideas regarding lighting needs and uh, a desire for improved natural spaces. So over time, as we begin to look at all the different ideas people come up with, um, we get an idea of what we need to pay particular attention to. So it's really been very useful and very interesting, and it's great to see people feeling so passionate
0: about what they want that area to be like in the future. That's great. One of your other interesting projects, City Mythbusters. I know it hasn't seen as much activity as some of the other projects, but I'm really intrigued by where you're going with it and what purpose you think it serves for the community.
1: Well, one of the things, we started it originally because um, you had mentioned to us that that other cities had done so. And um, we thought, well, we have space available there and we'd like to kind of engage people in a fun way. So we decided to see what kind of myths were out there. And anybody who's in city government can tell you that rumors fly. Um, All kinds of rumors get passed along and you begin to see them on Facebook or someone will tell you, oh, I heard that you all were going to, I don't know, sell the city hall building or something. I don't know. But um, so we thought we'd put it out there and see if people would ask us if right out, you know, if those rumors were true, it ended up having kind of a different face. The way it seems to be being used right now is it's almost being like a, an urban legend uh, site. <laughs> We've had people ask us, you know, is there really um, is there really a tunnel that runs really under? Um, the answer to that is yes. Um, are there caves under the city? And the answer to that is yes, sort of. Um, so it's been almost more like an, an urban legend. Um, question and answer
0: you know even starting with a light-hearted approach can make it a bit more comfortable if people do hear something on a social media outlet or you know at the bus stop on the street that they do feel like they can come and fact check it with you so just fantastic to launch that opportunity we're looking forward to seeing how it evolves over time great so in the first 30 days that your site launched, August to September, you saw 2,700 visits on the site. I mean, congratulations. I wish I had the ability to play applause in the background. It's just <laughs> Thank great. Thank you. So what do you accredit that traffic or success? Uh, well, we launched the site in conjunction with the
1: launch of the public engagement efforts for one major initiative, which is that Cultural Arts Corridor project that I mentioned. Uh, this is a, a really, um, it's a fun project because it does have the opportunity to create all kinds of different, uh, a new face for part of the city and some really great amenities for the city. So it's a fun, creative project and it really involves sort of the future face of the city and we, it can impact the the way people see and experience our city. And we know that Fayettevillians really care a lot about that. And so it really touched a place that uh, is near and dear to our city residents. Um, but also, that that in itself, it was, it was a big project. So that that has a natural draw. And then to publicize the first public meetings about that project, we conducted a concerted media blast with all the media channels, that's like TV, newspaper, our social media, the university radio, and in everything about that, we mentioned the new engagement site over and over again. So the Speak Up Fayetteville became sort of uh, synonymous with the Cultural Arts Corridor project right away. And since that was such a popular project, it really drew people in. Um, we also produced some business cards and flyers that we could hand out at the farmer's market and the other venues like the library where we were talking up the project. Uh, the Cultural Arts Corridor Project, and we direct mailed postcards to households in the neighborhoods abutting that corridor, encouraging them to either come to one of the, um, the public meetings or to get online, register for Speak Up, and let their voice be heard in that way. Um, we gave an interview or an overview of the Speak Up Fayetteville site at the first public engagement event, and then continued to publicize that site in all the social, uh, follow-up social media posts afterwards, um, so it became something that was sort of combined together. And then soon after that, we launched another major public engagement push, this time for the 71B corridor, and the Speak Up site was featured again. So like I said earlier, before long, we started noticing that many people who went to the site to complete a survey for one project stayed on to engage with one or more of the other projects, and so they've been cross-pollinating. Our, um, our time and effort into publicizing and promoting And we could just wrap Speak Up Fayetteville right into that. And because our community is such an engaged one and because the project itself was important to people and really touched a nerve with a lot of people, uh, really drove people to the site. And I think that it has helped that we have had a second and now a third project be tapped into that. They're all sort of rolling in one after another. It keeps Speak Up Fayetteville front of mind for our citizens and um, helps drive traffic back to the site. Um, again and again to keep people active with it.
0: That's fantastic. Linda, what does your marketing plan look like as you move forward now? It's post-launch. You know, you're, you're going to be doing the specific outreach that you've mentioned, but what does marketing look like?
1: Well, each of the current and upcoming projects has a life cycle of its own that will involve the engagement tool and speak out. So as one project wraps up, a new one will be coming online and for each of those new projects, we'll continue to publicize the Speak Up sites um, as a way of gaining feedback for each of the projects. I think that it will drive home the idea that there is always something new to engage with at the site. So hopefully people will remember that name, Speak Up Fayetteville, and continue to come back um, looking for additional engagement opportunities and also for updates to information. Um, as these projects move forward, we continue to keep these sites updated with results from past surveys, as well as information about upcoming, uh, upcoming projects, changes in the project development. I'm hoping that uh, as we continue to just wrap Speak Up Fayetteville into our ongoing publicity efforts for these various projects. It will become top of mind for our citizens. That will be the place they go when they want to get an update or when they uh, want to let us know how they feel about various projects. So hopefully moving forward, it will just develop a life of its own.
0: Linda, what I just heard was textbook community engagement practice. Basically, what I heard was you're going to post new projects, keep the content lively and you're going to close the feedback loop by providing results on the site itself. Is that accurate?
1: Yes, Um, we've already posted sites, uh, posted uh, links back to results for the very first of our engagement opportunities on there and we will continue to do so for each of those uh, surveys or whatever uh, we're doing there, we'll continue to do that, keep those results public so people can come back and see what's what the final results were, and also engage in the the next layer or the next project that's coming down the pike.
0: Awesome. Are there any last tips or recommendations to those following in your footsteps that are just getting started? I think that it, if anything, I would just say go for it. Um,
1: it, It's not a challenging uh, program to manage or handle. It's not hard to get your brains around. Um, We've also been able to use the tools that allow us to reconnect with folks who have engaged uh, with one of the surveys. Uh, We've been able to send them an email or a newsletter. So it's called um, encouraging them to come back and participate in the second round of information gathering. So I think it's a great ongoing tool. It's easy to use and with, the, with such a great backup team behind it. I would encourage anyone who's about to use it or curious about it to just get started. I think the best way to learn it is to do it and it's fun and easy to do.
0: This has been fantastic. I really appreciate your time sharing with others. One of my favorite things about working with local government is the willingness of everyone to help one another share, learn, and grow. There's kind of this sense of we're all in this together. And the more each of us knows, the more all of us knows. So I just want to thank you for your time for that. Oh, absolutely. I, also, I 100%
1: agree.
0: <laughs> I also really wanted to leave and let you know that I think you've, you've allowed me a little bit of renewed um, focus. It, you're of Fayettevillians and the term is awesome. Um, but really your, your singular focus on improving process, and information sharing and connection with your community is what I'm taking away from this.
1: I'm glad to hear so it. that. It's absolutely want to front you. of mind. Oh, thank you. It, thank it, you very much.
0: Linda, it's obviously front of mind for your organization. And I think if there's anything that can inspire our listeners, it's absolutely that. So thank you. Thank you
1: very much. Our pleasure.
0: tuning into Bang the Table Talks. Join us monthly as we continue to explore topics and best practices to assist in community engagement. Check out our other resources at bangthetable.com.